I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to Achten Millwall. Listening to Achtung Millwall Emergency Broadcasting Special, a public service broadcast made on behalf of the Real Millwall Fan Show and Achtung Millwall, broadcasting from South Bermondsey. Well, hello, dear listeners. Welcome to another edition of Achtung Millwall. This is a special edition. They're all special, aren't they? Every single one we're turning out at the moment is special, but this one especially so because it was an interview with a hero of mine, dear listeners. Um, my first game, going to wind the clock back a long time now, back to 1972, very first time I set foot in the environs of the den. It was Friday, the 31st of March, 1972. It was a 1-0 win over Portsmouth. Uh, 22,000 were at the den that day. And standing in the goal was a giant of a man, the best goalkeeper I have ever seen in a Mill shirt, 339 appearances over eight years from 1967 to 75. Um, go on YouTube. There are saves plenty. Have a look at the footage of Mill winning at Goodison Park to see the measure of the goalkeeper. He was named in the England squad in 74. This is a special interview. He lives in Norway these days. You know who I'm talking about, don't you? The one and only Mr. Brian King. Enjoy, dear listeners. You are listening to Achten Millwall. I, you know, I really appreciate you doing this. So, um, well, I've looked if through I, her. Oh, have you? I've <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll tell you what, because I thought Achten Millwall. Oh, oh, it sounds a bit dodgy, there. doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, been... action, uh, yeah, action well, that's right, fair enough. But I did like your little quote that you had about, <laughs> A lively about night three, the things, <laughs> three things that typify Millwall. And I couldn't have said them any better. Community, family, and mayhem. Mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm, glad, well, I'm, I'm glad you've done your research. I've, I've done a load of research on <laughs> on, on you. No. And then um, I, I did all these notes um, sure. on because my, my first game was in '72, right at the back end of the '71 right. '72 season. You you were in goal. Um, who, and who was it against? Portsmouth. Portsmouth. That, first game. Oh, that was my first ever right. game at, at Millwall, and there you were yeah. in goal. Um, one one we did, we did. And then it all, I, I watched, um, I think your daughter did a birthday video for you and I found it on YouTube. That's uh, right. I mean, oh. <laughs> I mean, that was, I knew nothing about that at all. It's wonderful. It is wonderful, I'm, I'm, Brian. I mean, at the end of the day, she, she had so many people yeah. that she had to make a decision who would leave in and who would go out. I mean, you know, I mean, mates. It's fantastic. Know, Chris Farlow and that, we go back such a long way. And, this is what yeah. stopped me in my tracks, because I've got all these notes about Benny Fenton and Laurie Leslie and um, and, yeah. and, and uh, Dorney Posse and all, and all the rest of Kitch. And then I thought, Iron oh, Maiden. They've got, Brian's got Iron Maiden in his 
uh, daughter's <laughs> birthday. Fits, you know, so that's yeah. kind of stopped me in my tracks, well, Brian. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny story because Steve Harris, um, I met Steve, we were playing for, I was playing for Old England against Old Scotland at Wembley. Right. And there was, we had, we had um, two shorter music celebrities and they had Rob Stewart playing for them. Right. Um, and we had Steve, Steve Harris and Joe Elliott from Def Leppard. <laughs> and, and funnily enough, after the game, Steve says to me, um, where'd you live? So I said, well, I'm staying with my parents at the moment, at Stansted, and I'm back yeah. from Norway. Yeah. So he said, you couldn't give me a lift, could you? So I said, yeah. He said, Shearing. So I said, yeah, that's all right. I got Shearing, that Bill brought out through that way, you know. Yeah. And, um, anyway, when we got to his house, his house, I mean, once we got through the gate, it was like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Rock star. Oh, mate. I mean, with the, the Earl of Essex in Elizabeth's time, Elizabeth wow. I. Wow. Um, they used to do the there's an oak tree outside in a big sort of drive around there, and that was the one they used to hang them off. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we became really good friends, and I got him over here to do a football school with me. Right. And I got him over to play in again an Eng, an English eleven against the European eleven, and I mean they they're blown away by anything like that. They really are. And he's a good footballer, Steve. He was at West Ham when he was a kid. Yeah. Of course, he's a West Ham supporter. <laughs> of course, support. you got you got the Millwall connection. Well, we'll probably come on but to no, that later. <laughs> later. Yeah, sure, sure. You've, you've done David Ford. I um, did David Ford, and he's a really interesting yeah. bloke. And he mentioned your name yeah. actually in that yeah, conversation. He's, and, he's, he's uh, a lovely fella, and he's, he's funnily enough, I saw him at a game. I think it was a QPR game last year. Yeah. And uh, or this season, but last year, and he said. Um, we sat near one another in, in the director's box. He said, you know what? This is the closest I'm ever going to get to beating your record. Um, <laughs> I think he's one less than you, isn't he? Because you you were 339. No, he's three. He's three he's less. Three less. I'm 302 and he's 299. Get it, let's get it um, right. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, for me, that's, you know, it's, it's a big honour to still be the record holder of appearances for Millwall. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, since Millwall started, I've had the most league games for Millwall Football Club, and I, uh, I mean, it's unreal, really. But there we it's, go. it's. I was looking at your your career, and yeah. I mean, we we all talk about three hundred and thirty other, you know, for appearances for the uh, the Lions. But I was struck by the fact. I mean, you started your career at Chelmsford, uh, Brian, didn't you? Chelmsford yeah. City, one hundred and thirty six appearances. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I had, which, you know what? Um, just, just before we're going to, there's a book coming out. Right. On my life. Well, I'd like to and read that book. Well, I'm, I'm, so I've been told there's, there's a lot of people at Millwall would like to read it. Because what it is, it's it's about my life at Chelmsford and Millwall and yeah. and, um, and Coventry, Coventry then. Yeah. And what's going on here while, while I've been coaching and managing and all that stuff. But but the main bits are about, about, um, when I started at Chelmsford, when I got uh, transferred to Millwall, and so on and so on. I mean, nearly the nine years I had at Millwall were, were probably the happiest, well, they were the happiest times of my life. Not at the start, but I must admit, when when they got to appreciate that I wasn't a bad goalkeeper. I you mean, were more, I mean, than, more than that, Brian. You were the, I mean, one yeah. of my notes, um, in my opinion, I, I, I started going as, in the... Uh, 72 as i said uh, you you were the best goalkeeper i've ever seen you know i I, yeah, I, I, I I don't think that's flattery i think that's a statement uh, of a fact I, um I went, I went to see um millwall bars at wembley when they're the playoffs you know yeah yeah and i had to meet um some people in the uh in the hilton hotel there um just down from the stadium and i had some friends with me um, some very good friends are on that video, Michael and Linda Washdell, yeah. and uh, my daughter and my son. Um, and we walked from the Hilton to where our seats were. And it took us about an hour and 10 minutes because everybody 
just wanted photos and autographs. I, I mean, I was blown away. I'm, I'm saying to my friends, it's, it's amazing they remember me. Oh, my mate said, how, how can they not remember you? You know, how can they not remember you, Brian? Absolutely. I, I feel very humble when I come down the den and and um, I get confronted by kids who said their granddad saw me play and, yeah. and all this. Oh, I, I, I really do. I get. I have such a love for Millwall. I mean, it um, it was a tough place to learn your trade. Well, <laughs> well I was going to ask even, you about that. <laughs> well, even even learning to get there from from Stansted, you know, where I was living with my parents when I was eighteen, you know, and um, I mean, to get on the train from Stansted, Liverpool Street, Liverpool Street, Whitechapel, Whitechapel, New Cross Gate or New Cross, yeah, and then walk down to the old den. Um, That's a different era of football, Brian, isn't it? I mean, you know, I know that you're, I, I mean, you're 17 when you signed for Chelmsford. I think you're 20, is that correct? When you you, you first signed for, yeah, for Millwall? Yeah, 19 I was actually. Yeah, I 19. I 19 or 20 when I signed so, for, um, but but there are a lot of things that, that are going to be in the book. Uh, that It's amazing. It, it really is amazing when you think of what happened at Chelmsford. The players I played with. Right, okay. You know, um, I'm reading, funnily enough, I've got a book from Stuart Imlach's son. Um, right, okay. Scotland and, and not yeah. the Forest when they But I've played in Chelsea City ties. Chelsea City was were as well run as any second division team in England. Team full-time pros and and 10 apprentices. They had a decent um, ground. They were, they were next door to the cricket ground, oh, weren't they? That's correct. Near Riddle Street. I mean, Riddle I played Street. there against Romford. Yeah. Um, and there was eight and a half thousand there for a Southern League Cup game. Decent we size. Get, we used to get between four and five thousand every home game. Wow. Um, wow. And and in that league at the time of John Childs and I mean we, we knocked we knocked West Ham at, at the Essex Professional Cup at Upton Park. And they had Bobby Moore, Jeff Hurst, um, you know, Eddie yeah. Robin and Ernie Gregory in goal. I mean World Cup winning names, yeah, yeah. Ken yeah. Brown. I mean, you know, these are all these are all players who play for England and all that. Top names. It must have been quite a contrast. I mean, coming from um, Chelmsford, I mean, uh, clearly Stansted back in those days, different Stansted to 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 now. And um, yeah, you're, you're coming into town. You're coming into Coldblow Lane, which is you know was was always a. <laughs> Uh, um, what's the word? A gritty, a gritty area. I think that's probably the best way we can put it, isn't it? Um, I, I think when you went past Deptford Park and <laughs> went into the first sort of tunnel yeah. or bridge, and then you went on and you thought there can't be a football ground down there. <laughs> um, and, and I can remember walking from New Cross Gate, and when I walked through that, you know, the old den. Yeah. That first, the first day I walked through there, I. You know, <laughs> what did you think? And I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, what am I going into here? But at the end of the day, of course, the man the man who persuaded me to even think about going to Millwall was who I was playing with at Chelmsford, and that was Peter Shreves. Remember Tottenham? Oh, Tottenham man, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I played with Shreves here at Chelmsford. Right, okay. Because I had the chance. My centre-half at Chelmsford was a boy called Peter Collins. And right. Peter was a great player. Same age as me. Grew up for the youth team at Chelmsford. Reserves in the first team. And when when I, when I Benny Fenton was at the game, also at that game was Bill Nick. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Nick actually wanted to do a dual deal with, with Chelmsford. For me and Peter Collins to take us to Tottenham. Wow. Um, this was in what, 65, 66. Yeah. That's the first initial thing. Yeah. Anyway, Shreve said to me, I wouldn't go to Tottenham if I was you. So I said, well, it's a big club, you know, and look at the mm. players have got. He said, no, they've just signed a kid from Watford. And it still is, he still is, and he has been all through my career a very good friend, Pat Jennings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a great goalkeeper, and, uh, Brian. Oh, mate. I mean, um, I took, I grew up with Pat, and I can remember reading. 
I, I always say one of my, my great honours is I've got is the page, the question and answers page that used to be in Shoot magazine. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And in there, and in there, one of the questions was to Pat Jennings, who do you reckon is the best up and coming goalkeeper or goalkeepers in the country? And he said, Brian King at Millwall and Phil Parks at QPR. Well, another great and, goalkeeper. Yeah, wow. Yeah. You know, and um, I think, well, I know I was unlucky at that time to be in an era of great goalkeepers, but it still bugs me that every time they needed somebody to go in with the England squad, if somebody had dropped out, Pete Bonetti or, or, or Spring It or Shilton or whatever, Whoever. They, yeah. Yeah. In. they used to call me in the squad. And and it was a great, I mean, great experience being with these people. I mean, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Millwall man, you know. I mean, it's just one of the things that I've always wondered, Brian. I mean, do you think, uh, I mean, you've you touched on it. I mean, the, the goalkeeping for England at that time was incredible. You know, uh, Peter Shilton, um, Ray Clements was around, wasn't he? And um, yeah. Phil Parks, you've mentioned. I mean, um, Banks was probably still playing at that time yeah, as well. Was there. So you you know, you're no. up against some some giants of the game, really. Um, yeah. But do you think your cause was slightly hindered by playing for Millwall? The fact we weren't a fashionable team and um, tucked Some away down Coldplay Lane. That. Yeah. That. But then I thought, hang on a minute, before me, um, was Alex Stepney? Because that's what Shreeji said to yes. me. Yes, um, yes, he did. Yeah, Mill, yeah. Mill, Millwall are going to have just sold Alex Stepney. Yeah. They've got an experienced keeper there called Laurie Leslie. Yeah, yeah. It's the perfect place for you to go. Well, I signed in July, and I was in the first team by September, at the end of September, um, against Northampton. So That's right. That was your debut. A five-one win against my, Northampton. My debut, my debut for the league was against Blackpool. The four, I had three games in a week in October. <laughs> I played against. I played against Northampton on the Tuesday or the Monday or the Tuesday. Yeah. Then Laurie was okay for the game on Saturday. Got injured again. I played against Blackpool on the Tuesday, and then Plymouth at home on the sat on the Saturday. And wow. That was my introduction. So I had a I had a five one, one each, and three nil. I think it was. Something so, remarkable. Remarkable, I yeah. think, Brian, is, um, I mean, you, you, you kind of um, vied with Laurie Leslie that season, which is the 67-68 season, and yeah. there's a bit of you and a bit of Laurie, and, and, and that was through the season. But after that, I mean, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, all the way through until you, you, you left yeah. us in, in 75, I think, yeah. you were pretty much ever-present. You must have had a remarkable physique and frame not to get injured over those, what? Eight years? I, I, remember, I remember Jack, dear old Jack Blackman saying to me, you're a quick healer. I said, yeah, but Jack, sometimes I'm not fit. And he said, well, <laughs> and we understand that. He said, but, but the quarter zone needle used to work wonders for 24 hours. And you, I'm, I'm suffering now, to be honest. I bet you are. I mean, it pays you back yeah. in the end, I guess. Um, I, remember, I, mean, did... I remember going, Around Greenwich Park, we used to do a pre-season at Greenwich Park, the running and all that. Yeah. And I'd done a, I'd done my calf. I had this burning feeling in the calf, so I've obviously pulled something. In. So I went and saw Jack, and he said to me, "Run it off." <laughs> said, what? He said, "Run it off. That'd be all right." And I'm thinking, "Run it off." There again, done it. And how we got through it, I'll never know. But I went back to Greenwich last year. Yeah, and had a walk through the the Maritime Museum, um, and what's the name of the Pine Mass shop there? Um, oh, there's um, there's there's Goddard's in the in, in Greenwich. Goddard, yeah. yeah. And I went in there, and I I Pine Mass, um, <laughs> and, and sat there and and reminisced. We <laughs> meet up and have Pine Mass while we had training. And, <laughs> well, next... a little rest, there's a little cafe in Sitka. Because I came up with Frankie Saul, Barry Kitch, Dennis Burnett, Eric Cripps, yep. then we'd meet Coopy Weller, Posse, um, John Gilchrist, and then we'd meet them all in there in the morning at about half past seven. <laughs> and we'd have a full English, full English, 
Um, and then go and train. To train it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, okay, I know it's all health and nutrition now, but yeah. you, you could, you could <laughs> not, you could not bake bacon, bacon, chips, whatever you had on. You know, you're I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you, Brian. But oh dear, you can't bake it, can you, Nick? I mean. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was always Jack Blackman used to fascinate me because I, when I was uh, I was only what 12, 13, 14, I used to sit in those orange seats at the front of the of the seating yeah. stand, and it used to come on. And um, I mean, again, contrast with the modern game. You've just touched on it with your full, full English breakfast. He used to run on to go and tend to an injured plant. He seemed all he seemed to have was a kind of like a like a a, a bag of water and a sponge, and that was about. That was about it. It was, yeah. it, was, it was an old energy. It was a, the old inside of a football, you know. What you, but in the early days, you used to have a bucket and a sponge. And the sponge uh, was as big as a breeze block. You know, a breeze block. It was as big as that. So when you looked in the bucket, there was never any water in it. When he, came on, when he came on the pitch, he was injured. And... The first thing you'd do is put this sponge on your head. <laughs> and if you've been kicked on your ankle, <laughs> this, this thing would soak you through. You know, you'd be covered in Yeah, 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 yeah. Check, check, it's my ankle, mate. And he said, yeah, yeah, I know that. I said, what did you pull that water all over me for? He said, well, it'll get you, it'll stop you thinking about your ankle. Said, oh, <laughs> oh, dear. Psychology, I think they call it today. Psychology, I think that's a good word for yeah. it there, Brian. I think that's a good good choice. Different times, I think. Yeah. I mean, one just on just on different times. I mean, I, I remember reading in one of the match day programs early in the seventies. This would have been about. Um, I think it was Dennis Burnett and and Harry Cripps had set up a, a paraffin delivery company or something, and there was a, like a little delivery home delivery for paraffin. <laughs> no, I can't remember that, but I know they had a fruit and veg. Fruit and um, veg, yeah. I think it's fruit and me- veg in Good Maze, uh, near Barking. Um, not far from Kitchy's, actually. Kitchy and his brother had one down that way as well. Um, Incredible stuff, isn't it? But the thing with, with Harry was, of course, he could get anything, Harry. Right. I don't know where he goes from, but he could get anything. What <laughs> <laughs> um, characters? Of, if you checked it out, it was invariably... Cheaper in the shops than what he was up in the Wonderful but characters. I, I, I must admit, it was, you know, they're wonderful times then. I mean, they were, you know, it's just, it, it, you'll never see it again. You'll, ne- you'll never play at the ground like the old den again. No, you won't. No, no. I mean, at that era of football, um, as passed. I mean, the, the players were characters, weren't they? I mean, we touched on Harry Cripps there. Um, Kitchener, I mean, these these were giants to me as a child watching on. And um, you, the likes of yourself and Alan Dorney in defence. This was a wonderful era to be a Millwall fan. Um, well, we, were a solid, we were a solid unit. I mean, you could practically name the side, couldn't you? Um, yeah. Certainly the, certainly the back four as such. Um, you know, with Brown, Kitchener, Dorney. Um, Harry Cripps. I mean, Cripps, that yeah, that's that a classic Millwall back four, wasn't it? And um, yes. yeah, so, something interesting. I was looking at the seasons. I mean, that 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 back four, and and really the spine of that team, Brian, was in place by about the late sixties, sixty eight, sixty nine. That was that was a yeah. unit. I mean, sixty eight, sixty nine. I've got Brian King, Brian Brown, Harry Cripps, Barry Kitch, Dorney, uh, Derek Cossey, Bolland. Dumphy, um, all in the same side. And that, that would be a, the basis of the team that will go on to take us so close in 71, 72, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, um, we, we were a good side then. I mean, um, we really were. And for me, that season, um, I was chosen player of the year that year. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was a possible presenting me with, a, with the award, I think. And, what, what? Uh, I mean, it was a great, it, it was a great year that year. We played good football. We had good crowds at the den. I mean, we had 30, 25s. I mean, yeah. uh, 35,000, I think, for a cup game we had there. I mean, yeah. big crowd. The atmosphere was, 
you know, you can have 60,000 at Ivory, you can have 60,000 at Tottenham. I don't care what you say. The the atmosphere at the old den was was electric. Gordon Banks said to me one day when we knocked him out of the League Cup, how do you play here every week? Said, well, luckily we don't. We play every fortnight. He said, well, that's bad enough. What kind of manager was Benny Fenton, Brian? What, 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 I mean, what, what, what kind of... Um, clever. clever. Clever man. Just look, just look at the players he brought in. Yeah. I mean, the money he made for that football club, um, he was shrewd. Benny was shrewd and uh, he was the same as any manager during that era, you know. If we were on the platform, we were going somewhere on the train. I mean, Benny was well healed, he, you know. Mm. Um, it asked you for half a crown to pay the porter. And, um, <laughs> you fall for it once, and that was it. You know, you, you went to ask him back. He said, "When was that then?" <laughs> but he was. When I, when I think of the players that he brought in, well, he's, he got me for about five grand. Yeah, that's Keith right. Weller, uh, he got Keith Weller and Derek Posse for what uh, twenty-five, forty thousand pound. Those two. He got Dennis Burnett for 15 grand. Um, he got Gordon Hill. He took what? Kitch up from youth team. Do you know the first time I played against Kitch? Against Kitch? Against no. Kitch. Right. It was for Chelsea City Youth. Right. Against Millwall Youth at an international tournament at South End. Right. I didn't know that. I didn't know In that. 1964. Wow. 64 season. Still got the programme. Wow! And, wow! And um, the, pic, the team picture, and I never realised this until a few years ago. Actually, when I looked at the team picture, I'm looking and I'm seeing Ronnie Al, Butch, yeah, and I'm seeing Barry Kitchener down the front, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm in the Chelsea City picture. Wow! How, you know how funny is that? And, uh, and then five five years later, or six years later, I'm playing in the same team as Barry. Same Kitchener. team. Rather, I mean, yeah. rather, rather like yourself, Brian. I mean, I, I always felt that you weren't given the credit for being the great goalkeeper that you were because of, the, I, I think, the Millwall factor. But would you agree that that also would go with Barry? Because I felt he was a brilliant defender and yeah. easily written off as this kind of um, barrel-chested Millwall player, which is a stereotype. But I thought he was a better defender than that. He had more to his game than just that. Oh, he was. He, he had a great left foot. Um, he, to be fair, he always thought he could play up front. Um, he <laughs> could because he didn't want to mark him when he's coming in the box. Well, um, that's, that's yeah, that's right. <laughs> but he was, he was, he was honest, and um, I mean, hundred percent. He gave hundred percent that football club and every game he played in, and he was my pal. I mean, while I was there, we got in the side that year. Yeah, and we were practically there for ten years. And um, he was my roommate, um, and he was a, you know, he, he he was just a good fella. Yeah, and, a decent uh, decent man. Yeah. And I was honoured to be out to speak at his funeral, you know, and carry the coffin actually. And, right. Uh, I was, it, it it was the least I could do for the big fella, and uh, he he bailed me out a few times. I've knocked his, I've I've given him an extra parting in his hair a few times. <laughs> um, but, you know, he'd always you say, "Are you going to open your mouth?" And then, <laughs> then uh, just just caught him in the back of the head. But he was, uh, I I honestly thought that Barry should have played. Um, certainly got a go for England. When you when you see today what's playing for England, you you, you want to cry. Yeah, I so, agree. I agree. Uh, I feel that. That would have been a great honour for him and the club and his family. Um, I know there were clubs interested in him while we were there. Yeah. As, as both of us were always... As, as, as with yourself, in fairness. I mean, you yeah. know, you're always attracted, um, rightly yeah. so, because of the, the level that you're at. Um, you know, but I suppose Kitch would have got the same. Um, who was the most talented player that you played with, Brian? I mean, you mentioned Weller. You've mentioned Gordon Hill. Who would be the most Weller talented? Was, Weller, Keith Weller. Weller was a, was was a very good player. Yeah, um, good all round player. Gordon Hill was the most unpredictable player you'd ever want to play with. I mean, 
great. I mean, he came from Slough, I think it was, Slough Town. Yeah. And he had a confidence about it from day one. Um, and an ability to score goals in training is to annoy me. He's to chuck him in off the post all the time. That's <laughs> <laughs> to annoy you. <laughs> oh, Christ. And I've been annoyed with him a few times, I can tell you, but he's, he's a wonderful talent. Wonderful talent. And also um, in, included in that video that I mentioned earlier on, he's, I think he, yeah. he, he contributed to that, which is lovely. You are listening to Achten Millwall. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Because when I was 60, um, it was a range I should go on the pitch and yeah. uh, I think I was putting the Hall of Fame or something for me or giving a crystal ball and always kind of carry on, but they presented me on the pitch when I was 60. And, uh, well, I mean, I was, I, I was totally, totally overwhelmed walking out of that football pitch. It's a wonderful, over. wonderful club. Um, oh. But something that struck me watching that video, and, and I, I, I kind of admonish myself a little bit because all of my notes and Millwall this and Millwall that and your career, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the, the famous 71, 72 season and then, um, Coventry, you went to Coventry afterwards, but I, I, I kind of admonish myself because I wasn't aware of what a career you had after the game in scouting. I mean, the the the, the people that spoke on your behalf in the video is a yeah. is a real, real tribute to what you've achieved after Millwall, Brian. Because I think there's a often with players, you lose track of them when they finish playing. You don't realise what they go on to, and you you had a real career yeah. after the game, didn't you? Well, I've had I had well, 18 years managing and, and coaching. Yeah, um, in Scandinavia, yeah. Scandinavia, Denmark, Sweden and Norway. Um, I had a spell in America. I've been in Korea. Um, I've got a very nice little niche that I do now in Antigua and Anguilla. Okay. Um, in the Caribbean, where I go yeah. down for five or six weeks and do a bit of work there. There are worse places in the world to be, I can tell you. Absolutely, um, yes. <laughs> and, uh, I can assure you that Funnily enough, we got back, got back to my daughters in England. Yeah. And it was just as the coronavirus was taking hold. Yeah. Um, so we got back to Norway in March, I think when was it the 20th of March. And uh, we went straight into quarantine here. Into the lockdown, yeah. Luckily, we had a son here and, and his family who kept us primary food and stuff. Keep you going. Work. Well, no, you can't. Uh, You've got to look uh, after yourself. You've got to look after yourself. Yeah, um, I want to touch on that heart, heartbreak season, Brian, because we can't have a conversation without touching on 
1971 to 72, um, oh. which was the very end of this season. The Portsmouth game that we mentioned was my first game as a Millwall fan, so I caught the back end yeah. of it. Um, but what a what a team, what a season. Um, the, 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 I just want to read out the team, if I may. Brian King and Gold, Brian Brown, Barry Kitchener, Alan Dorney, Harry Cripps, Doug Alder, Dennis Burnett, Eamon Dunphy, Bolland, Gordon Bolland. Barry Bridges and Derek Posse, and that pretty much was the team throughout the season. We were, we, we must have been very fortunate with injuries that year because that pretty much was the start of the season, pretty much all the way through the whole campaign. That that eleven. In, Jack, in Jack's words, um, run it off. Um, run it off. Run it off. Wow. But, um, no, we were, we were, we were, we were a good bunch. I mean, we all we all gelled at that yep. time, and to have that. Unfortunate business at the end. I mean, yeah, um, it was so sad during that game. Uh, Two 0 Preston game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was over twenty thousand people there. It's a big match. I was there. Um, I was there. Okay. It was yeah. an horrible day. I mean, yeah. I, funnily enough, I wasn't sure whether I was going to play in that game. Really, really. On Tuesday night at Charlton, you know, we yeah. beat Charlton on Tuesday night. I did. I put me. I put me um, shoulder out of joint. Right. And um, oh, Jack put it back for me while I was on the pitch. On the pitch, and um, I can assure you, you'd, you'd want to jump off a cliff rather than Jack put your shoulder back. Um, <laughs> although he said he knew what he was doing, I wasn't quite sure. It was. <laughs> but apparently it went back. But I, it was quite swollen and very sore. Right. Um, wow. And I wow. can tell you, I felt it was very sore when I was trying to get off the pitch at the end. I bet it was sore. Sore is a good way to put it, I reckon. I mean, that done. <laughs> and you wouldn't nowadays. You wouldn't probably wouldn't play, but then then you, well, you those days you well, ran it off. You ran it off and you did play. Well, there were things. I mean, I got knocked out at Cardiff and I lost a couple of teeth. Wow. And uh, I had to go to Cardiff General Hospital. I remember on the it was a Friday night game. I went in Friday night. Saturday, I remained in hospital. Um, and Sunday, I was given the all clear to come home. And Benny said to me, You'll be all right, won't you? I said, Well, yeah, I'm okay, yeah. Mm. He said, um, um, You'll be all right for tomorrow, won't you? <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, about three days after so After said, concussion. Yeah, he said, um, the doc said you'd be all right. So I haven't seen the doc. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, their doc said. Cardiff's doc said you should be all right. Anyway, wow. I, uh, wow. I played anyway. That was, you can see, I think I missed, was it three games in? Very few games. Yeah, very, very few games. Um, for, for those full eight years that you were with us, actually. Um, I mean, certainly you were ever present that season. Where did you get yeah. the news? I mean, we obviously there was the, uh, the 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 pitch invasion at the end, and everyone thought we were up that day against Preston. Um, and then, lo and behold, Birmingham. I think um, needed a win at Boring in the dressing room. Wow, that must have been a yeah. real crushing moment. It was was certainly well, outside. You know, it's an hard season. Yeah, it's a hard season, and and we were. I mean, we we're never out of top three, were we? No, never. Um, October on was top top three, top two. And uh, so many players had excelled that season. Um, not only myself, but everybody as individual players had grown. Dougie Alder, yeah, yeah. Bridget, of course, was was a was a quality was a quality footballer. Our old back four had been together for three, two or three years. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were. It, it was our time. It was a side that deserved yeah. promotion, I think, Brian. Yeah. It, the worst thing was it was the reason they had that game um, against uh, Orient. Orient, yeah. three days after the season ended. Yeah. Because they lost in the set, they got through in the cup, the semi final. I think they lost to Leeds. I think Birmingham. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. And, and that meant this game. I mean, we couldn't. It was no chance for any of us. I remember saying to Kit, "What do you reckon?" He said, "No chance." No. They will be, they will be Orient. Yeah, and, and so they did. So they did. Um, yeah, so they did. There and, we are. Uh, that's that's Millwall history. Um, it's part of Millwall history. I think we had a. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
when, when you think where we used to try, we used to try the Depper Park. Yeah, I know. That's a different era as well, Brian, isn't it? And, um, red no... grass. We used to on red grass. <laughs> I mean, and if we were going to try it on the grass, and even then he used to send, he used to send some of the apprentices over <laughs> to get on the pitch before the school come over there. It's it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it, it must it must seem strange. I'm obviously you carried on working in the game in the modern era, so you see yeah. the contrast between now, um, how much in some ways better, in some ways not so. But you know, um, the contrast must seem quite quite stark. Yeah, we had to be fair during the pre-season, we used uh, Pete Freens. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, the training ground. The yeah. old old too. Yeah. I've been a great sports ground, fantastic facilities there. I mean, they had a great cricket ground there. They had firstly football pitches, a rugby pitch, tennis courts. I mean, it was it was a good place, and we had, of course, the pub across the road, which was the Dutch house. Yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, you yep. get killed in the A2. Um, <laughs> you know, you had to take your chances getting across the road there, but. <laughs> But, um, very different sorry, extremely different extremely different because I've I've worked the last 25 years for clubs um, been on the scouting staffs yeah Aston Villa and Everton at Tottenham, Everton yeah yeah Tottenham and then back to Aston Villa again and I mean the training facilities what I've seen in the last 10-15 years are incredible and the medical care Absolutely. by the sounds of Jack Blackman's medical <laughs> medical approach. Well, I mean, we had one physio. I mean, nowadays they have about ten. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then they have a nutrition, they have a psychologist, they have you name it. They've got a warm up coach, a warm down coach, goalkeeper coach, you name it. They got it. Coach, defending coach, you know, all these clubs have all these positions, and it's it's another world to us, mate. It's another world, but we still enjoy it. The only thing, the only thing I would. I would love to do now playing football at the level that we played. Yeah. Would probably be for the money. Well, that was going to be a question. I mean, obviously, um, footballers of your era did, did okay, but um, I've, I've noticed that, you know, looking through some newspaper reports of your career and, 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 and Kitch and clubs becoming interested in you and, and wanting to sign you, but Mill holding you to contracts and it becoming very. Difficult. Yeah. The, the player, players then didn't have the power, the contractual power they do nowadays. Well, of course you did. I mean, when you went into a, into the manager's office, be Benny Fenton, you went in knowing what you were going to ask for on a new contract. Yeah. By the time you come out, you realise that you're getting less than when you went in. Um, <laughs> but no, it wasn't that bad. To be honest, they, every time every time a club came in for me, and I think the same was for Kitch, um, they they used to look after us in other ways. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Make, make sure you make sure you look in your shoe before you put it on. Sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to Achten Millwall. But for friends, for mates, yeah. For the way the game was played, for the way you enjoyed it, I'd, I'd never want to lose that era of the sixties and the seventies. I thought it was. Well, we were professional footballers. We were getting paid to do something everybody in the country wanted to do. Men, anyway. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And uh, the, you know, and and it was it was it was the uh, you know it was the pinnacle of every kid's dream to play pro professional football. I suppose it still is to this yeah. day. But um, 72, 73, um, 73, 74, The it, it struck me at the time that that old the nucleus of that old team was starting to fray at the edges a little bit and players moved yeah. on. I, re- I remember it being a big thing when Harry Cripps moved on. I think he was dropped and um, yeah. Eddie Jones and Dave Donaldson came in for Brian Brown and Cripps. Um, yeah. it might, how did it seem from your side? I mean, did it seem that that team was starting to fall to, to, to pieces slightly over those couple of seasons? They were moderate seasons in, in retrospect, weren't they? Yeah. I think we've done quite well in the League Cup. We got to the fifth round. I think got knocked out by Tottenham and eventually won it. Yeah, um, and a great win at Everton, yeah. a great win at Everton in the FA Cup, yes. of course, in 72 and then, 73. And then we went, um, we got knocked out in the quarterfinals of the League Cup at Norwich, yes, that's right. Yeah, um, midweek game, yeah, that was in the replay. And that was during the power cuts, you know, the, the, the yeah, afternoon game. I was there, I, I, yeah. I bunked off school to come and watch you, yeah. <laughs> and we, should have, we, should, yeah we should have won, um, 
we should have won the first game against Norwich, but at the we went yeah. down there and then yeah. And then we got beaten, as I say, in the quarterfinal replay. You know, we were never going to be a side at that time that was going to win, win and win and win. But no, it never changed. You never changed the atmosphere down there. Then, whether you had ten thousand in there or thirty thousand in there, the noise they generate used to even now when you go to the New Den and they start that sort of roaring bit. Roaring chant, monk chant, they called it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it is if if you don't know it. And to be fair, if you're a Millwall player in the days when I started, yeah, if you didn't perform and they didn't like you, you might as well leave the football club. That was a, got, that was a certainty. You got they told, you. yeah, they destroy you. And I got One, told early on exactly what they thought about me. <laughs> when I met was it was it flattering um, or was? It? <laughs> well, I can I can say that words. Words of three or four syllables were used in a rather an uh, aggressive way, to say the least. Many uh, players fold up at that point, Brian, but obviously you didn't. You 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 came, no. came back, came back, and others players do, and I'm, many don't. It's it's quite a hard proving ground of Millwall and the Den. Yeah, remember. I mean, after two or three games, I was thinking, God alive, what, what decision was this I've made here? Um, <laughs> because they obviously like Alec. Alex Stepney. Stepney, yeah, yeah. To be fair to Alec and to Laurie, they both they both helped me an awful lot, um, encouraged me and, uh, and Laurie especially um, with the way because it was you didn't have a you didn't have a goalkeeper coach you you worked yourself to get you, the, the goalkeepers warmed up together yeah and we were asked what kind of work we wanted to do and this kind of carry on and and um, we just sort of got on with it really and. People always knew I was brave, um, but he was a brave goalkeeper, Laurie, let me tell you. He was bravery of the highest order. Right. And when he left, um, when he realised that he wasn't going to get the chance that he wanted or be in the first team, and he went to South End, yeah. all kept in touch. Um, always, if ever he saw me play, or it always come with advice or, or whatever. But the next goalkeeper who came in, as my number two was Jim Standen. Standen, yes, yes, and isn't Jim, he? Yeah. Jim was a he was he was at West Ham when they won everything. Yeah. Now Jim is not only he's also a good cricket. I see you've got a list in there of Millwall players who play, play cricket. cricket. That's right. Well, yeah. Second, you know. Did you? Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that, Brian. I also I also took them for their pre-season training. From seventy-one to seventy-four. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. Um, wow, was that's an exception. I had, a, I had an exception. I had an exceptional alarm as a cricketer. Were you a bowler or were you a batsman? Did you did you not not oh, special? Bit of all round, really. Bit all round. Okay. And um, I played I a lot that. of. I played some second eleven games. Yeah. I played um, a lot of benefit games. For, right. Again, for friends of mine, Brian Taylor, Keith yeah. Fletcher, yeah. Robin Hobbs. Um, I played in their, in their benefit years. Um, I, I can remember opening the bat with Barry Richards. I mean, wow. you know, probably the greatest, but one of the greatest bats. One, one of the ever. greats. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and playing with uh, Kenny McEwen and, and John Lever and, and, all, and all these. It was, you know, I actually played for Essex against Holland. Against Holland. Against <laughs> Holland at New at at the County Ground of Chelmsford. Wow. Um, wow. And a great friend of mine and um, was Eddie President, who played for West Ham and Crystal Palace and Essex of cricket. Wow. And also um, and Eddie was my boss at Spurs when he was chief scout and I was scouting there. And the great friend was Robin Hobbs, who played for England and uh, Lake Spinner. Fantastic. And, uh, Brian Taylor. You don't get you don't get footballers crossing over into cricket into quite the same way as they used to anymore, Brian. Do they? I suppose no, the, I, well, again the modern the modern game on both sides. I think. Yeah. I mean both. And also, both of course, social media has become something which we never had to encounter. Thankfully, uh, no, no. I think that's a, no, a, a it's a bit of a blessing and a curse sometimes. But anyway. Um, well, 
I, I feel pre- I feel I feel honoured that I can master a, a mobile telephone in this how did it feel? I mean, your final season was a tough one. I mean, it was 74, 75. Um, yeah. the, team, the team was struggling, I think. Um, relegation would be at the end of that season. Um, Betty Fenton left us in early, in, I think it was about October, she, he resigned. Yeah, we, it was um, funny. We'd just beaten Bristol City, if I remember rightly. We'd beaten Bristol City 1-0. Yeah. And then Benny got the sack the following day. Um, yeah. And we were really, it looked as, we, we put a two or three results together, you know, but it was, it needed a change. We needed fresh, we needed a fresh manager probably. What did um, you make of Gordon Jago, Brian? What did you make of Gordon Jago when he came in? Well, he, he pulled me in kitchen straight away and he said, look, I want you to be, I want you here, I want you to, to, um, we're going to have to rebuild the side, I want you to be central in it. Yep. Uh, and then a matter of months afterwards, he said, "Look, we're going to have to raise some money here to get in players. Right. There's only one. There's only been one player who we've had an offer for, mm-hmm. um, and that's you. Would you prepare? Be prepared to go?" I said, "Well, is it going to help the football club?" Yeah. Then uh, probably I would, but I, you know, I, I was just sort of. If so many new faces come in and. But still, I was a central. I was a central member of the team and the squad. The senior um, player there, I'd say, by that stage, Brian, weren't you one of the senior players at the, in, in in the club? Yeah, yeah, um, it had been that era of towards the end of Benny's era was when I got called up for England. Yeah, um, which which was a big surprise. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't to any like you said. It wasn't to anybody at Millwall Football Club or to no. myself because I thought. I deserved the chance as, as much as anybody else. And to be fair to Al, I only met him, well, I met him several times to be from sort of 72, 70. The first time I met him, yeah, um, I got called, I just joined the club, 67, 68. And I got into the team and was playing quite regularly towards the end of the season. Well, I ended the end of the season as the first team goalkeeper. Right. And, we got a call at the club. Um, Gordon Bolland said, um, this was on the, we just played the last league game. Yep. And Gordon Bolland said, um, could you come up in the office? The boss wants to have a word with you. So we went upstairs and he said to, um, what are you doing Friday? This was before the cup final. Right. So I said, oh, no, we're finishing. We're just trying in and what have you. Yeah. So he said, you and Keith Weller have been asked to join um, the match at Highbury, Young England against England. Wow. And um, wow. Would, would you be prepared to go? You're going to be on the sub bench. Keith will probably start. Yeah. And, and I said, well, OK, I'll go on the sub bench. Yeah. Great. You know, and we've, um, funnily enough, Roger Jones played first half at Blackburn. And I, I knew for a fact I was better than him. <laughs> even, even at the early age. Okay. Again, he was one of the, I think it was Peter Springett who was the other goalkeeper chosen and pulled out through injury or something. Right, right. Um, but I got I got called into that and he sat me on second half. Wow. For young England. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was young England. I got a programme as well as that. Um, and that was young England against England and England I mean the England side Jesus Christ I mean that was practically the side that won the World Cup and then you um, I mean you were a squad member in 74 I think when, when you got um, yeah. called in from Millwall uh, was it was it that Portugal was, I think yeah. you remember the England yeah. side played in Portugal yeah um, and that was Phil Parks Phil Parks I yeah because I think it was Alan Stevenson who was at Burnley I mean um, you had some opposition there Brian didn't you I mean some of those well, names are Great goalkeepers, you well, know. I used to think, hang on a minute, you know, um, you know, Parks is a good goalkeeper. Yeah. Ain't no bones about that. But I was as good as he was. Yeah. And that's not only me saying that, it was a lot of people said it. But again, it's that unfashionable thing, isn't it? It's the Millwall thing. You know? Was that, you know, um, 
and we eventually you'd move on to Coventry at the end of that 74-75 season. First division, of course, first division Coventry back then. Yes. Um, yes. I, mean, that, I also got called in, in um, just before I left Millwall. Yeah. Um, I think it might have been that season or the following season. I got because Don Revy took over. Yes, he did. Yeah, England. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Don Revy took over, um, and uh, they had these eighty players in Manchester. You all had to meet up in Manchester. Right. And I remember arriving, and first person I met was Mervyn Day. Um, another good goalkeeper. Another good goalkeeper. Yeah. 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 Another goalkeeper came from Chelmsford. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Another That's a bit of a... Production, yeah, Barry Danes, a Spurs, Spurs yeah. goalkeeper. Yeah, another absolutely. fellow who started, another fellow who started at Chelsea, Nigel Spink. Right, well, Aston Villa's um, European yeah. Cup so winner really, later. Yeah. I paved the way, I presume. I was the first goalkeeper to actually move from Chelsea to the league um, or grew up through that system at Chelsea City. Yeah. Um, which was a great place to learn to play football, mate. I can assure you of that. Absolutely. Um, you, were Absolutely. A, you were playing against old pros. Yeah, so you had to uh, learn fast, I guess. Yeah. And, um, mate, I'll tell you, that was, a, that, was a, that was a tough league then, the Southern League. Your time at Coventry was quite short, Brian, because you were, in a way that you, you were never played with injury yeah. in, in, in a way at the den, apart from the, the things you touched on, but um, you can't you can't say that for the Coventry. I mean, you you were injured repeatedly, quite. Far. I mean, there was a career-ending. Was it your knee that you did in the end that put you out of the game? Yeah, yeah. And of course, then they didn't have the you don't have the expertise you have, have today. I mean, no. Um, I'd done a cruciate ligament and all that. I mean, I ruptured my groin after about twenty games, I think, which was yeah, yeah. You know, I just I, you know, as I say, I'd hardly, I'd been injured, but I just played on. Yeah, right, ran through it yeah, almost, I, yeah. I never had a serious injury, really. Broke some feet, broke up the fingers um, when I was at Millwall. Yeah. Okay, me thumb. Um, you know, these, you know, working injuries, as you would say, as a goalkeeper, they're working injuries. That's an occupational uh, hazard, I suppose, in gold, isn't it? You're going to get... Gonna well, get... I suppose it's working injuries, isn't it? Yeah. Saying, but... God, your, your manager at Coventry was Gordon Milne, and I... I... I yeah. found a, I found a, a report. Um, I was just interested in the contrast between Gordon Milne as a manager and, say, Benny Fenton, but for example, because I found a, a report. I think Coventry got beat 5-0 um, at Arsenal in 75. Yeah. And um, he, he actually named you in the side as being at fault for three of the goals. And I thought, I, it's old, well, you know, I, I'm not sure whether that's the greatest of management styles. I wanted to ask you because I thought that would... That would rankle if, if I was in your position at the time. Well, I'd have said two. I'd have said maybe two. <laughs> okay. That's um, <laughs> not the third. <laughs> but um, where the, the centre-half centre who stopped me? Said, it was funny because the game after that, I think we played Liverpool and it was nil-nil. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was to your credit in that case, wasn't it? Um, but, yeah. But, but Gordon Milne bought me. And it's funny that Gordon Milne played in my debut. Did he? Did he? Wow, these things, these things go in circles, don't they? They go in circles. That's interesting circles. I mean, obviously, you would do your knee in at, um, at Coventry, and that would be, largely speaking, that was the end of your playing career. I mean, you, I think you may try to make a comeback, but it just didn't didn't work out for no. you, did it? It never. Yeah. And then I got, because um, I was going to have to pack in, of course, it was then, um, it was then the decision of what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd already taken my coaching badges when I was at Melbourne. So you did. You had an eye, an eye on the next phase of your career after the football was finished. Then, Brian, you, yeah. you always, you always had that in mind. I had an idea that that something that was going to be necessary in the future would be a goalkeeping coach. That I thought would be a, or could be a profession. It was something that wasn't implemented then. Specialist you know, goalkeeping. goalkeeping right. Okay. Uh, you saw a need for goalkeeping specific coaching in that case. Yes. And I'd also, when I had to end my contract at Coventry, um, Bertie Mee, who was the famous Arsenal manager, was also on the FA. Right. And I'd done some work for the FA as, um, as a staff coach, which was like 
the coaches who coach the coaches. Right. And uh, he rang me up. He said, look, I've got, there's a friend of mine in Norway. Um, they're looking for a coach. Would you mind if I put your name for? So I said, well, Norway, you know. Said, yeah, okay. Yeah. We were living in, oh, I just finished. Um, again, it was a period where sadness, we just, my son had just been born. And the thought of him never seeing me play was, yeah, was quite tough. upsetting. Yeah. Um, but uh, I said, okay, if they're interested, that is, of course. He said, well, would you fly over? So I said, yeah, go on, I'll fly over there. Yeah. So I went over, I met the people, and it was a fantastic, I mean, it's a lovely country. I mean, the scenery. Well, I was, I was going to say, I mean, one of my questions was, what, what attracted you to Norway? And I'm looking at the photos on, 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 the, um, on the video. I know what's attracting them. It's just wonderful, wonderful looking place. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it was a great place. It's a, it was a lovely place. And the money I got offered for the, for the two-year contract yeah. was far greater than I was earning at Coventry as a player. Wow. And included in that was a house and a car and yeah. um, the family. We would be settled and, and all this. And a lovely house overlooking the field. And, and it was a nice little club. They'd, they'd had foreign managers there before. Uh, anyway, there was me, a Norwegian, and a German that were the final three. Yep. Went over for an interview, went back home, um, then got notified that they wanted me to go there. So I went to London because he had offices in London, the bloke who was owning the club at the time. Yeah. Um, quite near Liverpool Street. And um, I met Bertie Mee there. I showed him what I was what I was offered. And he said, look, if you don't take it, I will. Uh, <laughs> and, there, and there you've been. There you've been since. <laughs> And this was a manager who'd won the double at Arsenal. Course, Absolutely, yeah, it's, yeah, very, very uh, well, well esteemed um, manager. That's right. Um, lovely fella, lovely fella, by the way, lovely man. And um, so I signed, and then they told me to go and get. I could have three English players, so I went round and looked for young players. I found one at Manchester United, I found one at Arsenal, and I found one at Norwich, and I took them over there and. They done very well, and all three of those who went with me are still in Norway. Wow! And you've picked up the language as well, Brian. You 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 speak yes. you speak the language. Wow! Yes. That's... Well, as I, as I say, maybe I. Some of it's a bit pigeon, but <coughs> I can still make yourself understood. I can certainly understand, and I can read it, and I can write it. Fantastic! And, uh, I, I can talk it. So. Well, it'd be so lovely. Who left secondary school at fifteen? I was going to say that's not a bad achievement, mate. Your 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 life is a is a fantastic achievement. I mean, it's um obviously you know I looked at the Millwall section and but then to review what else you've done in the game afterwards is it's a real eye opener. And some of the the messages that you had from you know fellow members of the, of the, the people you've touched on in that career are quite quite touching and um, well, you know it's wonderful say, stuff to watch. Greg Wallace, I, I, I never knew until then he was a Millwall supporter. Oh, yeah, no, he's got the tattoo and everything, you know. Oh, um, mate, he's, and, and I've spoken to him since, of course, and and um, a lovely fella. Yeah. Danny Baker, um, who I've spoken to and met. Yeah. You know, it's 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 like in it's, it's like in Norway, the, the people that were on there, one of them who was laying on the beach in Key West, Yep, um, <laughs> I saw that one. Yeah, he's the most famous actor in Norway. Right, right. Um, the guy called Finn Bjelko has has been. Um, he is Norwegian radio. Um, Dark Solheim, who was on there, brought me into when they started with the Premier League, Canal Plus, and I had ten, eleven years with him, sitting in a studio, and then working together. As the Premier League grew, you know, it's quite a journey from a boy from Stansted, um, yes, Brian, isn't it? Who was told, when when who you look back, told, yeah, who was told to forget playing football. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's not a profession. I, well, the, the school bloke, you know, used to go career yeah. football over there. Yeah, the first thing he said, well, you can forget that and get a proper job. Proper job. Um, just remember, and it's still true to this day. Nobody has been a professional footballer from Stansted. 
apart from yourself, and that's quite something. Um, it's been wonderful to talk to you, Brian. I really appreciate your time. Um, oh, they, they, I hope you can, I hope you can well, make it interesting for yourself and for the, for the punters. They, they, they say you should never speak to your heroes, and I'm, I'm really glad that I spoke <laughs> to you because um, I, ne I never thought I would speak to Brian King and goal that day in 1972 when I started going. I just want to say thank you for everything you did for the club. Um, it's been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. And um, all the best to you, Brian King. Keep in touch, mate. It'd be lovely to talk again sometime. Of course. If ever you want to give us a call, and uh, if I'm if I'm coming down the den, and I've been down there several times to to do some talks in the in the uh, hospitality suites there, um, I'll give you a shout, and we can have a meet outside or something. Or we'll have we'll have, we'll have a pie mash in in Greenwich Park next time you come over. That'd be wonderful. Hey, that'll do me. Because I went I went there when I was walking around there with my family, and I sat in front of the maritime uh, place. The museum, there, yeah. Bit, and looked up where the time, where the Greenwich Mean Time thing is. And I used to think, we used to run up their mills. <laughs> and, and, and I run up that hill once and kicked on my back, would you believe? <laughs> and I can honestly say that no matter about coronavirus, and you shouldn't make fun of it, but no. I, felt as I, I was as close to death after getting to the top as I'll ever be, I think. Well, there's a few years left in you yet, Brian. Um, wonderful to well, talk to you, mate. So, really um, appreciate thank it. Thank you very much for calling. Thank you. Um, thank you, Brian King. All the best to you, mate. Cheers, Nick. Thanks, mate. Thank Bye. you. Achtung, Mehlball. Achtung, Mehlball and the Real Mehlball Fan Show are the number one Mehlball podcast and we want to hear from you. So get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts, your views, your rants about all things Mehlball. We've got email, achtungmehlball at gmail.com All one word, achtungmehlball at gmail.com you can get in touch with us and leave us a voicemail on 0208 144 0232. That's 0208 144 0232. Leave us a voicemail. No human will be involved in the receipt of your message. So give us a shout. Tell us what you think about all things Millwall. And the best messages will be read out on air. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.